Could you imagine the locker room in 2013, 2012, even 2014 a little bit, but definitely that 2013 team and a player come in and ask, hey, guys, I think we should try to get Saturday off during the bye week. I, I, wanna, I got Halloween to get ready for with my girl and stuff. I'm going to go out. What, what do you think? A- what would Joyner or Telvin Smith or Timmy Jernigan, Jameis Winston, the true, would- a, a true freshman, what do you think? What do you think how long that meeting would last? Not long, and that player that asked if they had had the transfer portal then would have been in the transfer portal in a week. Because he would have been threatened. Yeah. He would have been threatened. What? <laughs> no. That, or, 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 me? or LaMarcus Joyner would get you on the practice field. <laughs> <laughs> the nasty shot. Yeah. Hey, guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, Go Nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Dion Primetime Sanders. Great Dion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I could, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder, Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What is happening, guys? I am Logan Robinson from Here the Spear, presented to you by Noel Game Day. We have a game this week. The bye week is over. Football is still happening in Tallahassee. It is still happening. Um, I'm ready to talk some Florida State versus Pittsburgh. We've done enough talking about the Louisville game. We've had enough. I'm tired of it. Nate Greer is giving me too many bad stats to look at. I'm sure he's going to try to do that again tonight, and I'm going to be really pissed off. We might mute him, but we'll see. Uh, but uh, with me this evening – is Nate Greer, our lead recruiting insider at NoelGainby.com. Also with us, Steve Pointer is joining us in case of, shoot, everybody that's not going to be with us. Dustin's not here. Carlos isn't here. Uh, Austin isn't here. Um, but Steve Pointer from Unconquered Talk, he was also with us on the Renegade Roundup previewing this beautiful season uh, about a month and a half ago. But what's going on, gentlemen? What's going on, Steve? Not much. Just uh, happy to get through the bye week and ready to get some more football going on here thanks for having me on hey that rene- that renegade roundup was was so wrong long <laughs> but but you know the, the good old days that's all <laughs> yeah. we ha- that's before all we-, we knew before we knew just how bad Florida State was i definitely think <laughs> that we need to have a renegade roundup season recap just to save ourselves <laughs> just, you know maybe talk about it i don't know if anybody wants to go back and look at what they said beforehand <laughs> i don't think anybody wants to <laughs> uh but it is it's all right it's football that's what happens yep. and Tallahassee's still in a different kind of state right now as a program so it's all right it's okay uh but yeah as always you guys can listen to this podcast on itunes google play spotify if you're on itunes and any other platform make sure you hit that subscribe button so then you'll be notified whenever we release a new episode if you're on itunes feel free to rate 
five stars and leave a review. We'll read them out. Definitely appreciate you guys tuning in this season. We've seen a great new increase in listens and really appreciate it um, for y'all coming here and hanging out with us every week. As always, we will do an instant reaction podcast after the game on Saturday. Uh, so look out for that on Saturday evening. But uh, let's go and jump into this. I do want to say, though, we do have a guest coming on around 930 in the middle of this podcast. Jack is going to be joining us. If you didn't see it, he went viral all across social media. Also, was on College Game Day. Madison Social was putting him out there on their social media, too. But he's the one that got the Mike Norvell tattoo and the famous Norvell picture with his corn roll, cornrows uh, back when he was playing ball. He got a tattoo of Norvell because uh, he made a bet if Florida State were to beat number five UNC, he was going to get the tattoo, and he kept his word, and he's got a pretty big tattoo on his leg. So he's going to be joining us at 9.30. I'm excited to – I have a lot of questions to ask him. I have a lot of questions. So, uh, But he kept his word. Kept hey, his word. And that bodes well for his future. In the man of his word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing going, that, going towards him. Uh, yeah, man. But, yeah, let's, let's jump into some football talk. We've done enough about talking about Louisville, guys. I know you all talked about an unconquered talk. I've, I'm tired of it. I've had enough. Let's jump, let's jump into it. Obviously, you have a bye week for Florida State. You hope that you give some health to Jordan Travis, some other guys that have been dealing with some pain. Um, but let's jump into it. Halfway through the season, what, what are y'all's thoughts? Because we're, we're now the last little bit uh, of the season, still some big games to be played, and most certainly Clemson here in a few weeks. But – what are y'all's thoughts on the program after you've had a well over half a season with Mike Norvell and staff? I'll go first. You know, so I, I, I'm bought into the direction of Mike Norvell. I think that, you know, 48 fans needed to come to the realization it's not a quick fix. I think that he is um, a smart coach. I think he's an offensive mind. I think that uh, whether or not you like what he has on staff, um, you look at the whole picture, you know, he, he's the, – the staff is a quality staff. He's came in proven to be a guy who can bring in great coaches. So I, 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 I believe in the future of the program. With that said, um, you know, really happy with the offensive line, really surprised. I think Coach Atkins is the best hire of any, of any coach, position coach or, or assistant coach in the country. Um, what he's been able to do with that offensive line, I, I think is, you know, extremely surprising. And also, um, you know, they simply look serviceable. Um, minus your your weekly Davion Johnson offsides, which is, you know, I think he's got 2,000 games in a row where that's happened. You know, they, they've played really well and um, almost dominant and sometimes in the run game. So uh, I think there's a lot to be excited there. You know, I think that's my biggest takeaway of the offense. Um, you, know, you know, when you look halfway through the season, I think defensively, you just sit here and wonder, you know, what's going on. Um, and, and that's my, my biggest disappointment is coming into the season, all the preseason hype with the, with the front four, uh, three guys in the PFF top ten, all the talk about Marv being a top 10 draft pick. Um, yeah, I mean, there's only been one, one guy that's lived up to the hype, and that's Asante Samuel. Um, you know, he's, he's played like a dog, like the dog he is. Um, you know, I, I, I just don't 
I don't get it. And when you sit here and listen to all the all the stuff all off the off the field and all the gossip and it makes like we talked about last week, it makes sense when you hear who really is, is the issue with this team. When you when you sit here and hear who may or may not transfer, it makes sense why you see the product on the field on that side of the ball. Um, really like what I've seen on, on offense. I really think that Novell is a creative coach. He's shown that he can adjust and, and make things happen. Um, so I'm bought in in the long, long-term future, but there's got to be some wholesale changes. They have to take advantage of the APR uh, lift for a couple of years and just kick everyone's ass out who does not, does not want to be there. What are your takes? Yeah, on? yeah. Yeah, I, I really agree with Nate on a lot of those points. You know, I really like the trajectory of the program. And, you know, one of the things we really needed to see this year, you know, that we haven't seen since Monk died, really, you know, back in, was that 2016, 2017, is the program and players in the program being held accountable for their actions on the field, off the field, in the classroom, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just haven't really really seen that. Taggart uh, was able to get people more accountable in the classroom and he started, uh, the grades started to improve, the APR started to improve and, you know, we need to give him some credit for that, but you know, we saw all the penalties, the stupid penalties, you know, not, you know, not even like the false starts and stuff like that, but the late hits and stuff like that, we see them constantly in the last three, four years and they'd never get punished, you know, stuff would happen in practice and, you know, people would miss meetings or whatever, and they wouldn't miss games. They wouldn't miss any time. You see that changing under Norvell and we're going to get a little bit later to, uh, you know, talking some about some of those issues with some of the veteran players. And there's, there's a little bit of pushback, which is it's healthy for, a good program to that's in a change to have some of that kind of stuff go on. Um, you know, maybe healthy is not the right word, but it's normal at least to have pushback mm-hmm. from the older guys who aren't used to accountability, who aren't used to, you know, being disciplined and having that kind of stuff go on and having coaches be tough on them and to now all of a sudden have that happen, you know, when they've been living scot-free for, you know, three or four years, you know, so there's going to be pushback. You know, I would, I would say there's probably some issues if uh, we weren't having some of those issues with some of the older guys, because that would mean Norvell is just kind of letting them skirt again. And we can't have that. If we keep letting these guys skirt and do these kind of things, you know, with these issues, it's just going to continue and it's going to infect the younger guys. But now the younger guys see, okay, well, if I do that stuff, I'm going to have uh, suspensions. I'm going to have discipline. I'm going to have to do extra stadiums whatever the punishment is so that's the kind of things that i really look for in a new regime we didn't really ever see that with taggart we didn't you know i can't really think of any suspensions you know in his first year to where it's like okay that guy's suspended where this year we've seen lucas was suspended uh i think cooper was suspended for the first quarter you know it wasn't none of this stuff is really said out loud but you know cooper didn't play his normal rotation for the first quarter against uh louisville I think he was. I I, re, I think he was suspended. Lucas was suspended the first half against mm-hmm. who was that? Notre Dame? That, no, Jacksonville State. Mm-hmm. Maurice Smith was. You know, Warren Thompson didn't play that whole game. Uh, you know, uh, 
Tamarian Terry sat there for a whole half after he cursed Dugans out. And, you know, so you, you've seen a whole bunch of suspensions. That stuff's not being – they're not letting that stuff slide anymore, and they're suspending those guys and disciplining those guys. And so I love to see that. That's what good coaches do. They discipline when there's disciplinary issues, and that's the first step to creating a culture, which is the first step any coach has to do. Whenever you come into a new mm-hmm. situation – that's what you got to do. You got to create your culture before you get players or anything like that. You got to create your culture. You got to set the tone for your culture. Norvell's doing that. So that's always the, a good first step. And, you know, that's outside of the amazing coaching job he's doing with our offense and our defense just has, it's hard to even gauge what's going on coaching wise. Cause there's just so many holes with personnel and issues that's going on that it's like, I don't even, you know, I'm not saying Fuller's a good coach. He might be a, the worst coach ever, but it's just hard to tell right now. But generally, yeah, I think the trajectory that we're on is a very good one. But, you know, we got to get, you know, eventually we're going to have to get some elite players if we want to compete where Florida State wants to compete at. Going back to what you were talking about, Steve, and I think it's a good point you brought up about, you know, Terry and you know, a lot of these suspensions we haven't really heard about much. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't really find out until we're in warm-ups, we're watching warm-ups, and some might not even happen until we look at the second half. We're like, wait a second, we didn't see him play in the first half, whatever. Yeah. Um, and, you know, good coaching, that goes to any player. If you're screwing up, it shows more – to your program and to a team. If you're laying down the law against one of your top, if not the most talented guys on your team with Tamara and Terry, that, that, that sends shockwaves to your other players on the team. So I think that's a good point from Steven. And then also I look back at the staff beforehand with Willie Taggart and you look back at number five uh, with Dontavious Jackson. And, you know, there was, he was out there making the same foolish mistakes, um, mm. hurting his team game after game. And you kind of get a tap on the helmet and you get you look back on the field. He's out there two drives later or mm-hmm. after he was taken away, he was sat down for the rest of the game. I forget which, what, it, what it was, but then the next week, okay, we don't see him out there for a drive and then he's back out there. And guess what? He makes a mistake two quarters later. Um, and that, that's something that I think this staff or this team was used to under uh, Willie Taggart and others. It's just a different disciplined area and, you know, we're going to get into it here in a minute, but this team is not used to this. They are not used to it. It is going to take a while. It is going to take some guys not being able to deal with it, and they will leave this team. And that's fine. That's okay. You don't want it to be a whole mass, everybody escape. Um, but, you know, at the, at, after it, at the end of it all, this is friggin' football. I mean, you're, you're going to get bitched out. You're going to be called out. You're going to have to sit your ass on the bench if you're doing stupid things. I mean, that, that's something that at least I grew up playing with high school. I did some numerous stupid things. I sat my ass down. I mean, I would get in trouble. I mean, you just got to be held accountable. And that's something that was not it's showing right now. It was showing that there was not a lot of accountability the last two years, maybe the three years, even under Jimbo Fisher, not under Willie Taggart, mainly also starts off with Jimbo Fisher's year where he had both feet out the door after the NC State game. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh- you know, let's be realistic. You know, what do these guys think's going to happen in the NFL? They're getting released. You know, not gonna make it. And they will not make it. And you know, for it, it, it's just a bad combination. They don't know how to win, and they don't want to be held accountable. And, and those guys are the ones that are holding 
they're anchoring down the ship and mm-hmm. got to cut that loose, man. And I, I do think that we see some wholesale changes, um, you know, this off season. Yeah. And I mean, it's not even to just expand on a little bit further. It's not even just suspensions that we're seeing. We're seeing people who aren't performing being sat down on the bench and not playing anymore mm-hmm. and being replaced on the field, um, which to be fair with Taggart, we did see a lot of that, especially defensively. We saw constant rotation in the line, you know, offensive line, linebackers, uh, secondary, not as much, you know, but we saw constant rotation trying to find guys who are going to perform and they never found guys, but, you know, hopefully Norvell is able to find some guys who can perform and give better effort and, you know, be in the game more, more focused. You know, that that's one thing that this team just it lacks focus. And some of that goes back to how practices are scheduled and organized and ran. You know, if you don't have a well-organized practice, the players, their focus just isn't going to be there. So as you start focus, as you start practicing better and having more organized practices, that focus will eventually get there. But some, I mean, if you've been doing one, something for one way three or four years a couple uh you know a month of good practices isn't going to change you so mm-hmm. yeah i want to jump into real quick before we jump into another thing who who has impressed you guys real quick if you want to name off a few uh players we'll talk about who has impressed us the most and then who has disappointed us so far this season uh, but to you guys who has impressed you the most throughout halfway over the season probably for me um i won't i won't, i know who nate's gonna say i'll let him say it uh but I'll go with the, you're gonna say your boy webb uh-huh. that's one that's one that's one <laughs> yeah. um you know at the very beginning of the season um i was given a lot of crap to love it he was not playing well but he's gotten better every game and the last couple games he's impressed as a relative term, I guess you can say, and that he's really turned it on. He's played a lot better, you know, and, and the last couple games. And so in that way, compared to the Georgia tech game, he's impressing me on how he's turned it around and how he's playing better. And some of that's just the acclimation to a new team, new, new staff, new scheme, and getting back in shape after COVID and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I was, you know, looking the other day uh, on like the first uh, 30 or so carries for different freshman running backs in Florida State history. And, you know, you got, you know, Ward Dunn, you have, you know, Cam Akers, Devontae Freeman, Travis Minor. Dalvin Cook and some of those guys and I looked at their yards per carry in their first 30 carries and a lot of them had you know garbage time carries you know that Toafili has had as well they're all between you know four and a half to five and a half yards per carry their first 30 carries at Florida State you guys know what Toafili's yards per carry is right now 8.9 yeah over 8.9 zero over eight yards per carry on his first 30 carries. So mm-hmm. am I going to say Toa Philly's as good as those guys? No, but that's very impressive to me that 
And a lot of his carries is not in garbage time. You know, the first couple mm-hmm. ones, yeah. But since then, he's been a regular player, you know, catching the ball and running the ball in regular mm-hmm. non-garbage time. So, you know, it's really his vision and, you know, he's got some good burst, you know, but that vision and that patience and knowing how to read blocks and stuff like that, that is probably the most impressive thing to me that I've seen this year. And looking forward over the next, you know, three years, you know, if he can put 10, 15 pounds on, you know, get to six foot, you know, 200 pounds, that's going to be a beast to me, especially if he continues, like if he doesn't lose any burst. Uh, Mm -hmm. So that's my guy. That's the mid and the most impressive to me is, is definitely Toa Feely. Uh, you, you know, I I I, I started out with, with my boy Webb. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I said it on the first Unconquered Talk podcast that he should be a primary back, and you know, I I think he's just a twenty carry running back right now for this offense. Um, you know, the, he should be the primary guy in the red zone. He's so we've talked about it numerous times on this podcast how how he just does not go down on first contact. He runs hard. He's got great vision. He's got great balance. He he's he's a good back man. I I I really like what I see there. You got to put Jordan Travis up there as as a pleasant surprise. Um, you know, coming in for for Blackman, he's he's been a spark for this team. Um, you know, you know th- that's what really pops out to me. You know, most disappointing, definitely. Um, you know. Marvin, Durden, you know, we can beat beat the horse. Um, you know, mm-hmm. j- just bad, man. It, it's just really – maybe they came in out of shape. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe they, had, maybe they got COVID and had some after effects. We don't know. But, but something is different in the fact, um, you know, how they're playing. I, I have my own opinion. You know, I, I I think it's more desire and and want to and not liking the the, the, the current staff. I think that they're just playing like shit and being pitch asses. That's just my opinion, and it's disappointing. Uh, go you do your disappointing, Stephen. I'll do my yeah. impress. I, I, one point on Mar real quick, and I talked about it on Twitter a little bit uh, on on Conquer Talk, but Marv had a very a pretty good game. Not. A better than he had a good game against Louisville. The rest of the defense was atrocious, but Marv was pretty dominant in that game. Um, you know, a lot of pressure in the backfield, a lot of disruption, and he Marv looks to me like he's back to what we expected. You know, or at least close to it. Uh, Durden has never been a disappointment to me because I've always known that's what Durden is. I've talked about it since he was a sophomore that he'll have some flash plays here and there, but he's lacks effort so he gets blown off blown off the ball he's always been that way ever since he was a sophomore and I've always talked about it. I never thought he mm-hmm. was a you know anything impressive there um I'd hoped maybe he would grow out of that but obviously he has not so we're quick receive not to yeah. cut you off but it's his ability to get after the quarterback I think is what has been his strong suit and yeah. until he came in 15 pounds overweight and that's not there that's no. what made that's what made him and, and I, I think we both said it last year. He has the benefit of playing next to who he was playing with next last year. Yeah. So so how much did that really help him? You know. Right. So overall most disappointing man, 
I'm going to have to go with probably whatever corner is opposite Asante Samuel has been the most disappointing to me. You know, whether it's Dent, whether it's Jones, whether it's Dotson, uh, you know, and some of them, they've been dealing with little injuries and stuff like that. But just in general, they just not have not been as good as we need them to be, you know, and they haven't even been terrible. You know, they've had a few plays here and there where it's like, oh, what are you doing? But uh, that that's to me is probably the most disappointing is that other cornerback spot um, opposite of Samuel. And they just, I don't know, if we can get one of them 100% healthy and zoned in, uh, you know, our defense will be much better for it. We still got way too many other flaws to be good, but that's that's probably the most disappointing to me is that other cornerback spot. Most impressive for me, and this is – we've been talking about this whole offseason, and he's was supposed to come in and play good, but I think it's just because he keeps his – he keeps what he's saying. He talks trash on the field, but he keeps it up as Asante Samuel Jr., and I think – I was predicting that he'd be one of the top corners in, in, in the ACC, but he's ended up being one of the top corners in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, and I'm, I'm really – it's fun watching him. Actually, we haven't really had to – we didn't really get to watch him against Louisville because it was shut down night. They really weren't going to the exterior like Nate talked about in our last podcast. But um, Asante Samuel Jr., I think, has really kept – uh, he's got he's gained a lot of respect for me and he just continues I think to get better and better and he's one of the few that have that dog mentality mm-hmm. eagerness to make plays eagerness to keep uh, backing up what he's talking you know he's one of the most talkative guys on the field during practices it was so fun being able to watch him play during practices and see how he's able to call out things and make plays on the ball uh, and lock down his receiver I wish the defensive staff would put him in better positions, like, you know, maybe putting him on Louisville's best wide receiver. But you know what? That's not my – I'm not a coach, and I don't coach defense for Florida State, so that's not my job to do so. But I think Asante Samuel Jr. has impressed me the most. And I do like the Toa Philly pick because I was thinking him too, at least for offense, for how young he is and able to make some moves like that and for how little he is. So he's not just young, but he's little. But he, we're, we're seeing a guy that is going to grow into being – I think a really solid running back and have a great career at FSU. Mm-hmm. So um, he's going to have a great year next year with uh, Webb. And then the disappointing, I mean, it's hard to not argue at all. I mean, it's with any of y'all, but also just for me, Marvin Wilson, I think is just been disappointing. Um, I, if I could pick the whole position group, I, I could have, we've already just gone off on it enough. I won't say too much more. Y'all have already said enough, but um, and they played poor. They played worse than they had uh, last year. I mean, it's just not even close to me. It's it's not even anywhere close, and that's just extreme. That's extremely disappointing. That's perfect for the segment. That that is extremely uh, disappointing. I I do have to put one more name in there as disappointing, and that's Denarius Robinson. Like, I guess I wasn't thinking. I wasn't expecting much from him this season. I'll be honest, because I feel like that. I think he. I think his ceiling was probably two years ago. Maybe I don't know. I don't know what his ceiling's like. Um, but we've got about four more minutes before we get Jack in here. We can probably jump into a little bit of this. Obviously, I think Steve had a take on a report that came out, uh, I think, from 247 Sports talking about the meeting that they had. They recently had a team meeting, and we were told that the, uh, the veterans were called a meeting, and 247 is reporting the same thing. But we were not hearing exactly on what it was about. 
And this creates a really good conversation, which we'll probably continue after Jack leaves here with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll continue it, but we can get started now on it. Uh, but yeah, what, what was going on with that, that player meeting, Steve, and the, that whole situation? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I mean, from what 24-7 um, was saying, and I know we'll, we'll kick it to Nate here in a second, because I know he's got a lot more uh, information on it. You know, I guess the veteran players, they didn't like that there was a Saturday practice called. And, you know, I, I wonder were they what was the point of the meeting? Are they trying to have a boycott and boycott the practice? Were they trying to, you know, just see how many people were on their side to uh, maybe talk to Norvell about having the practice changed? I don't know. I mean, they might have a little bit more information on that, but it's, it's a symptom of what we have seen for four years, what we talked about earlier. And we'll just, you know, these veterans guys who have pretty much done what they have wanted to do. And now all of a sudden they're, Hey, you got to practice on a Saturday. And they're like, Oh, like you're a football player. You're at Florida state to play football. I mean, what are you, what are you doing? Why do you have a problem with practicing on a Saturday? I, I have some major issues with it, but I'll go ahead and let Nate give a little bit more information on um, exactly what went down. So, you know, don't have it, all the information yet, but you know, when you sit here and talk to people about, you know, everything that's going on you know, behind the scenes, and it's just divisive. You know, it, it, it's just it's really a tale of two teams. You have your upperclassmen who really um, are happy to be at Florida State and happy to go out to the local club and uh, pop bottles and say, I play for Florida State. And then you have the group of guys who are driven to, to get Florida State back, to be successful, to win, to – um, have success on the field, off the field, weight room, every, everything they do, they want to have success. Um, and the repetitive mention is the, the upperclassmen holding the team back. The repetitive mention is, you know, texted one player specifically about another player meeting question mark. Well, I haven't, I haven't heard much about that one. So, that player wasn't even there. So how, how much of a team meeting is it? You know, it, 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 is it really a group of guys that really are just trying to dictate what's going on? And, and if, the, if the talk is true is that, you know, these guys wanted to boycott a practice and not have to practice during the bye week on a Saturday, man, get out. Bye. See bye. you. See you. Call it what it is. Thank you for your time. But get the get to stepping. You know, I mean, Nate held a guy as close as it's so cancerous. Uh, the, I guess the the shining light of it all is that when you look at the last two classes, very few, if any, are a part of that group that want to that want to slack. It's that group that want to 
that are brought in. That's that group that wants to have success. That's that group that wants to put in the work to get better. So that's why I look at the defense. I look at the upperclassmen. I don't think that Fuller has been um, perfect. He's definitely someone that can, should be held accountable for everything going on. He should, you know, he should definitely be mentioned as, you know, there's problems there. But when, when your tools don't work, you can't build. And I, I said this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. You know, if, if you don't have a, a flathead screwdriver, you don't have your Phillips head, a hammer, you don't have the, the tools you need to build the house, you're not building the house. And right now, Florida State doesn't have those tools. So, you know, the, the, the carpenters and the construction guys, are, are their hands are tied because they don't have what they need in order to get the job done. And I cannot wait for all these prima donna post-late, Tenure, Jimbo, Willie Taggart, let's let, let's vibe and dance and not hug, hold, each, hold each other accountable. Bullshit to get out, out of the program. That's just what it is. I'm not gonna sit here and name names. We've all shared shared lists of names that are out there who are leaving, and, and it, it, it didn't do add up here. I really hope that's what happens because it needs to happen. I'm fully on a youth movement hitting the portal, hitting Juco ranks, and just getting all that bad, cutting out the cancer and getting rid of it. Because one, uh, not to sit here and, and be long-winded, but you have upperclassmen that want to cut corners, have a team meeting without the entire team there, and you have half the team that wants to bust their ass and, and get the job done, and the other half just wants to, I don't like the coaching staff. They're holding me accountable. I got I to gotta put in work. Man, you're at Florida State. Florida State. Florida State. You're, you're, you're not at, you know, no offense to, to CJ. You're not at Bethune-Cookman. You're not at, <laughs> you're not at some, some FCS, you know, school. Not up or get out. You know, there's so many kids who would kill to be at Florida State who would bust their ass and, and, and get the job done. And, and, you know, right now, Florida State has all these guys who are national recruits who just suck my, as, in, as individuals and as players. My main problem with this, too, is you're setting up these team meetings. Okay, it feels like, what, there's been three now, four or five, I don't know. But there, there, There's one every week. Yeah, there's been about pretty much practically one a week. But no, 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 there's one every week, period. Okay? <laughs> but but the, it's the second and third ones that, that we're talking about now. Yeah, the, the player, the players' meetings that they're setting up. So the, the players' meetings. But, but this meeting, the, the whole focus was towards, from what was reported, this is from 2474. This is not from us. This is what from Brendan Sanon. Um, great guy and covers over there for 247 Sports. So they, they put this out. But just going off of what they have here, their focus was the players meeting to figure out a way to have a day off. And it was being led from what we heard, at least on our end, this was led by veteran guys that have been there for numerous years. Mm -hmm. Leaders. You're, you're supposed to leaders. You're supposed to leaders. 
But th this is the meeting that you're wanting to hold and maybe not another meeting about why the defense is getting torn apart by average quarterbacks and average running backs. You don't want to have a meeting on maybe why Amari Gaynor should be out on the field more. Maybe you should want to be able to talk to a coach about maybe you should be on the field more. Uh, do you not want to talk about maybe we can rip apart an offensive line that shouldn't even play any games with us? There shouldn't be any games played with Florida State's defensive line for most of these matchups. But guess what? There are games and the offensive line is beating them. You don't want to have meetings about that, maybe calling each other out, maybe figure out a way to get a few sacks instead of getting none. That um, the whole focus all along was to figure out a way to get some practice time off for a team that's won two games. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about that one. I don't know about that one. So let me let me get Jack in here. He's joining us now. Let me get Jack in here. And let's get a little segue here. I was, we were about to go off there, but good. We get to reset the shockers here from Nate dropping another dropping up f bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. What is up, Jack? What's going hey, what's on? What's up, man? What's going <laughs> Nothing on, much. Nice. Thank you for adding me. <laughs> uh, we're, we're, I'm excited. Jack, do you have your uh, – are you able to turn your camera on? Because we have to have the camera for the cast. I will be – would you like me to rejoin? I'm sorry. I had to go drop something off because somebody left their wallet in my car, and I <laughs> was like – they were flipping out about it. And I was like, well, I'm really supposed <laughs> to be joining this thing. Don't worry. I'm on – I'll be on Pensacola Street heading home. Would you like me to rejoin then? Re you can rejoin. That's perfect because we're going to finish up a topic anyway. So you can do just Sounds that. You great. can just join right, back in here. Guys. No problem. Right, so I'll join that in a minute then. See you then. See you. Boom. So that means that we can finish off our thing here. But, yeah, that, that, that was my problem is that that's what you're really focused on having a meeting for is that that case of you, know, you want to have some time off of practice. You want to have time off of practice after being two and four. That should what? tell you right now why this, why this <laughs> defense sucks. Right there. It, 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 enough about Norvell. Norvell's the guy. Oh, really, Taggart? Well, enough of the bullshit. Players, players, players. They're all, not all of them, but <laughs> the group that we're talking about can all step. Go ahead, Steve. To, to be clear, Nate, timeline-wise, you know, we had they had the regular team meeting that they always have. Mm -hmm. What that was, what um, Sunday right after Louisville, yeah. right? That's when that is. Yeah. And then that following Monday is when they had they called the players only meeting. And when when exactly was this meeting about this this Saturday practice? Some point during the week. Some point during last week, right? Yeah. I gotcha. And so, and it's just coming out now that mm -hmm. and. The first players-only meeting, just so everybody's clear, was the every player, right? Every player was invited. Yeah, and yeah. So, so let me reiterate that. that. Um, so we're having another team meeting. The older guys called it up. Um, I'll let you know. We'll, we'll go from there. That was, you know, ten twenty-six. Okay. So, yet we have another team meeting, and it's looking focused said it's to focus on what can we do to not practice and, and, and have, have some time off to God knows what. So, and when I ask one player about it and he's not there, what kind of team meeting really is it? 
Was, was he not there because he chose not to go, or was he there because he wasn't invited? Uh, well, we all know who this is, or have yes. a, a good idea who it is. This person would, would not just not go. Not go. Right. So, yeah. Um, that's, I mean, you know, you talk about the division on the team. That's, mm. that's clear to me. Okay, we invite everybody, you know, th- these veteran guys, they invite the entire team for the first meeting. That meeting doesn't go how they think it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's pretty much clear. Basically, I mean, I'm speculating here some, but they have that meeting and, you know, whatever the topic was about, and they're expecting a lot of people to be on their side. 15, nope. 20% of the team is. Most of the team is not. Mm-mm. Basically, most of the team basically says, shut the heck up. We're here to play football. If you're not on board, go somewhere else. You know, maybe they didn't say that in as much as terms, but their actions made that known. And so now they call the other meeting. And now guess what? Instead of inviting all those people that basically told them to shut up before and ignored them before, they're not even invited. I mean, that's some issues with these guys. But mm-hmm. if you've been following Florida State since 2017, that should not be a surprise to you because we've seen that act and play out on the field over and over and over and over and over again. They're about themselves. And that's okay. Whatever. You're about yourselves, you know, and some of them, they have other things going on. You know, they're very involved with academics. Some of them, you know, might have some political aspirations. Uh, Mm. They have other things going on. Fine. That's okay. But you came to Florida State to play football. That has to be a huge priority maybe not your number one priority but that's got to be a priority to where you're not trying to take practices off you're not trying to do those things and you know somebody people might be oh well it was halloween maybe they're trying to get halloween off who cares you're a college kid why are you worried about halloween i had when i was coaching high school football we had kids that would ask that same thing and cj can you know if cj was here he could he could relate this to you we had kids who would be like, hey, coach, it's Halloween. Are we going to get off? Hell no. What? Mm-hmm. No. No, you're not going to get off. We're going to have our regular practice like we always do. Afterwards, whatever you want to go do, go do. Have fun. But we're having our regular practice because we have football games to win. Mm-hmm. No, you're not having it off. I don't care if it's Halloween or not. You know, hey, I'm getting a little worked up, but it's <laughs> like <laughs> – that's not bad for worked up, dude. That's not too bad. No I know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty laid dude. back, you know, but <laughs> I, I, I got to call you know, myself down some. So, uh, it's uh, like, uh, 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 well, because we've been around football. I mean, I played it, but I was, but this is high school that I played in. That still was the case for me. I was, yeah. there was no way if I practice is practice, you're going to go practice until you're done. Definitely, if you're losing pop- games, you're going to practice every damn day. So, and, and, and you know and, how many of us? And hold on, mate. And know how many of us in Pop Warner asked to have Halloween off? None. None. (laughs) Kids, little jit kids. We had a winning team. We were bad. We didn't care about Halloween. This is fourth and fifth grade. But you got 22-year-old grown men. On scholarship, getting paid. On scholarship to play football for Florida State having the potential if they're good enough to go make millions 
asking to have a Saturday off when they just got beat. What was the Louisville score? I try, I try to put it out of my mind. To sixteen. I yeah, think. they just got beat like a, a drum against a bad team, mm-hmm. and they want to have. They're trying to figure out a way to get a practice off. Come on, man, go go uh, somewhere uh, else. Uh, 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 in high school, <laughs> when, when I was in high school, we asked for Halloween off, and that was one of the hardest practices I ever had. Yep. <laughs> yep. We probably we ran we ran four hundreds. We ran gassers. We ran up downs. Monkey rolls, and the whole time, hey, you sure you want off? We put work in here. You guys sure you want to ask another day off? You got guys towing up on the side. That's how it should be. Mm-hmm. And the, the fact that your upperclassmen with NFL aspirations want off a holiday so they can go get fucked up. There, I dropped one. Sorry. So they can go live the college life. You are not going to make it in the NFL with that. You're not making it in college. <laughs> You're not going to make it anywhere with a me first. You know, looking at you know the the the, the real world. I wonder if having guys like but what what the like, hell? I wonder like, if having guys like Jernigan, James Wilder Jr., Lowe's, Joiner. Yeah, Joiner. Joiner would kill somebody. If someone said <sighs> well, that. yeah, because he doesn't even give a damn about social media. No, yeah. but no, Aaron, but the the players Telvin back Smith. then were yeah, afraid of Marcus Joiner. There's not mm-hmm. one person on a team that will publicly ask for a time off because they're afraid <laughs> of what Marcus Joiner is going to say or do. Could you imagine the locker room in 2013, 2012, even 2014 a little bit, but definitely that 2013 team and a player come in and ask, hey, guys, I think we should try to get Saturday off during the bye week. I, I, wanna, I got Halloween to get ready for with my girl and stuff. I'm going to go out. What, what do you think? A, what would Joyner or Telvin Smith or Timmy Jernigan, Jameis Winston, the true, would, a, a true freshman, what do you think? What do you think how long that meeting would last? Not long, and that player that asked, if they had <laughs> had the transfer portal then, would have been in the transfer portal in a week. Because he would have been threatened. Yeah. He would have been threatened. What? <laughs> no. That, <laughs> or, 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 me? or LaMarcus Joyner would get you on the practice field. <laughs> <laughs> the nasty shot. Yeah. 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 I mean, even a guy Derwin James, you look at Derwin and say, hey, you know, yeah. we've all heard, heard, heard the story of him and, and, and Frenchie, you know, <laughs> wanting to take off a summer practice. Dude, I mean, it's just a mentality. It's a mm-hmm. mentality. Of and I, you know this is my I, I'm I'm gonna say it I'll say it and no, I don't care if anyone disagrees with me. It goes to the fact that um, this is where the transfer portal is a negative. Is these kids aren't de recruited anymore. These kids aren't. They they come in with the expectation of being the guy. Um, you know I was coddled in high school. I was a guy in high school. You know back you know back in my day, freshmen hardly ever played because one. You got to earn your spot. Two, you ain't showing me nothing. And three, upperclassmen aren't gonna let their let their spot go. They're gonna work outwork you. Now these kids come in and they have expectations of 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 I I, I need instant gratification. Uh, don't be mean to me because I'll open lead. So you can't de recruit 
and and you tell stories of, of of Jeremy Pruitt just going in on Jalen Ramsey when Jalen was a freshman. That would not happen now. This team would tuck their tail, put a thumb in their mouth, suck their thumb, and, and fold. <laughs> you know, part of it is you, you can't de-recruit. You can't. You, you, you can't be mean. You can't be, be a hard-nosed coach. And that's what some of it is because Norvell don't put up with no shit. His staff doesn't put up with, with, with no shit. Um, and, and, and if their response is to half-ass their effort, Leave, please. Wish Los would have came on here tonight. I'm sure he mm-hmm. would have had probably triple your f bombs. <laughs> that, if that's firing me up, I just like going back to guys that played there in that locker room. I, I want to bring this up to him whenever we, at some point mm-hmm. too, because I, I feel like too having a take from a guy that's been there, man. I would just would love uh, to bring that. Getting to that. Uh... Go ahead and Logan. Sorry. No, you're good. I was in and off on that. I just want to. I just want to see Carlos's take on what we were just talking about. If that was if that was ticking us off, then you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but getting to that point about de-recruiting, Nate. Um, not to go too far off the rails, but there's really only three ways around that. One, you have a program like Alabama, to where you just mm-hmm. process through those guys. You know, if you're not on board, buy, go somewhere else, um, and you just you have an endless supply of four and five star guys to where it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Um, Two, you have a program like Clemson to where there's so much player accountability and the culture is so strong that the players are going to make sure Mm -hmm. that you get on board. And if you're not on board, then you're going to be processed. You know, you're, you're, you're not going to be processed out. You're going to leave because you're like, well, this is no fun for me. Which was for the state. That was Florida State 2011 to 2013. Right. You know, the other way, the other way is you have to be very vigilant in how you recruit and make sure you recruit guys that you don't Mm -hmm. have to de-recruit. So you find those guys like Asante Samuel, who no matter what culture you have, no matter what's going around, he's going to be a dog. He's going to be out there working hard and you don't have to – you recruit them, you plug them in, and you play. And mm-hmm. it's not even so much about the talent or the athletic ability or anything like that. It's the mentality. You have to recruit those guys. And that's really, you know, we talked about Norvell having to set the culture now um, with the guys on the team. Number two, he's going to have to recruit not even elite players. Obviously, that's going to need to happen eventually, but he's going to have to recruit guys who are mentally ready to play football for Florida State and want to work to get better and want to win. Sorry. All right. Off the tangent. No, I, you know, I agree. You know, go back to, you and I used to have strong debates about Fred Rouse back in the day. Mm-hmm. Character matters. I was right. I was right. Just to yeah, let everybody know. Yeah, you were right. right. You are right. <laughs> yeah. You know, character matters. And it's yep. just, all right, let's see the tattoo, man. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, man? What's going on? Let me let me lay down. Thank you for adding me. Yeah, let me let me lay down just an introduction here too, because for the podcast people listening, they're probably like, "What?" But for people watching video, they understand. But Jack is joining us. Obviously, you went crazy on social media. You made the bet uh, for the state were to upset number five North Carolina that you were going to get Mike Norvell's cornrow picture, which has obviously been a popular one for Florida State fans. Yeah. You're going to use that picture and tattoo it with the score 
below it. They actually did a beautiful job on this. He too. did do a great job. Yes, he did. So tell, let's jump through it real quick before we before we look at it. We got to let the fan, we got to let the listeners and watchers wait yes. a second. But <laughs> tell us the whole thought process of this. How many drinks did you have while you were making this sign? How many <laughs> drinks did you have inside of the stadium? Uh, uh, these things. Originally, I was going to make the sign for the uh, Jacksonville State game, but it was going to say if FSU loses. <laughs> oh Lord! And I thought you would have been sweating bullets at halftime. <laughs> so when I was sitting there at that game, I was like, "Oh my gosh! Imagine if I brought a sign to this. That would have been terrible." <laughs> but, uh, and originally, I was up in the air between doing a picture at the time of the Jacksonville State game of Cornrows Norgrell or James Blackman, but I felt bad doing a picture of Blackman because I know that he's a good guy at heart and he just got thrown into a rough situation. So I yeah. decided to not pick on any players or anything because, I mean, mm. he's a Division One athlete and he's trying his hardest day in and day out. So, Did you tell your parents <laughs> before all this, while you're making, did you tell your parents before you made this sign or is this something that you just – Not, not really, to be honest. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. <laughs> Do they know I, yet? They didn't really – They no, yeah, they know. They know, yeah, I know. Yeah. Right. They actually were sent – pictures and stuff of it while I was at the game. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't the first Yeah, a guy came up to me and said that uh he had put it on Twitter and that uh it was uh blowing up and I said, Oh my and he says, What's your name? And then he put that in there and then from there it was basically history. <laughs> but uh yeah. You were screw you were screwed. I mean were you sweating, you know, you get into the So like Initially, I showed up having a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. You had your mask on, though. That's what, that's what sources were telling I me. You had your mask, mask on. That was great. the entire time. Look yes. at that. Look at that. But, yeah, okay, yeah. keep going. It was a Crown Royal mask, though. So. <laughs> but the sheriff's. The sheriff's liked it a lot, though, so that's all that matters. This is my favorite kind of mask I wear for yeah. free games right there. Yeah, that's I what a, I wear. I have a Notre Day hat and shirt in my closet right now. Right, I'm going to give money for it. I'm going to take it from you. <laughs> but take us through, like, you going through. You you got you made the sign, so, and you thought during the game. I, I didn't – I worked a lot that week at Publix, and I was like, I want to do it, but, like, I'm running out of time. And my friends at, were like, you got to do it. And then they were like, we'll make the sign for you then. So, like, they had put all the words on there, and, like, I was like, well, I mean, I kind of have to. So, I literally, within probably less than two hours before the game, was at a Staples printing out a picture of Norvell, to which mm -hmm. everyone in there, which was probably, like, five people because it's a Staples on a Saturday, was looking at me like I was a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> Besides the fact. So, at first, they were telling me they couldn't print it, and I was like, I really need this image. I was like. Like, I, I need it. Like, I can't, like, do this without it. And then, um, so finally, like, the lady, like, printed it off of her own, um, like, personal thing. So I was, like, it would all happen because, like, people helping me out to do it. Mm -hmm. But um, so then going through it, I showed up to the game. And I was about at the beginning of the game, halfway up in the student section. Everybody was loving the sign because it was before even the first kickoff. But, um, I mean, from that first drive, the uh, – block punt and everything it felt so surreal like i didn't know what i was watching and like i didn't know whether to be on board with it or like to not want to be on board. <laughs> but um, at the end of the day like i've i've been a diehard fan my dad graduated from florida state in 77 or 76 i believe 
either the first or second year in Bobby Bowden's term. But um, yeah. so obviously he's grown me up the right way. But uh, so <laughs> I mean, yeah. This is and this is what it's turned into, and I see the full I send flag. I see that I see the full yeah. send flag back there too. So you full sent it. And the bar stool one right there. Yeah, a regular college student room. I mean, not like I, I have anything. Right? This is, you know, yeah. not professionals, and this is my green screen. So, uh, but you, yeah. you, I think it's time you got to show everybody. I think you got to show. Nathan's of course, I actually am wearing the, the shorts that I had for my Halloween costume, which is just a big hole in the shorts. <laughs> oh God! Uh, well, I hope you're wearing underwear, yeah. dude. <laughs> oh, man. Oh my. It is great. That thing is huge. I know. That thing yeah. is humongous. It, honestly, it looks – it is huge, but I wear, like, really short shorts. Like, my shorts – like, I ran cross-country my whole life and played soccer. So, like, even when I wear short shorts, like, the whole thing's covered. And, like, if I drop my boxers down, like, it goes right to the line. Like, oh, sorry. I'm kind of at a bad angle. Uh, <laughs> it goes – like Does right it... to my boxer line, so it's not the worst. Oh my, let me take a step uh, back. Can't get it. Yeah, so like it stops like at the level. Like, okay. Honestly, it's not, it's not the what worst. What a nice surprise. It is, <laughs> it is really big though. Yes, I know. <laughs> what a beautiful surprise. You, you know what you need to do? You need to have Mike Novell sign it in Sharpie and go get that <laughs> tattoo. <laughs> and, I, I, I'm, that I'm serious. You need to have, know, him, have him sign it. And, and, and that would complete the tattoo. Yes. I might have to get it, like, near his face, though, so it's yeah, not too low. No, no, no. As someone with 20 tattoos, that, that, that is the only yeah. way to finish that one off. Uh, yeah, you yeah. might have to. Did um, You uh, saw what Mike Norvell said, right? You saw I it. did, yes. I woke up Saturday morning to seeing myself on college game day after getting a text at 2 a.m. from a producer, which wow. I didn't even think was real. I was like, are you <laughs> – are you actually telling me I'm going to be on college game day? <laughs> and then seeing the tweet, it was like the icing on the cake with both of them being put on TV and hearing, uh, who was it? Uh, what's his name? I guess Fowler. There's Fowler. Uh, yeah, Fowler was the main one. Okay. And I think a little bit of, um, not Paul, not Jesse Pollard, but the other guy from the There's, SEC. Uh, David Pollard? Maybe Pollock. Maybe? Pollock, yes, it was Pollock. Pollock was on there too. Of course, he wanted to talk trash about it. Oh, of course. <laughs> David Pollock for you. <laughs> I love. I love. But, um, you kept your word, and did you? Yeah. After they won, did you put back on your mask and then have a good time because you knew you were screwed? Like, obviously, it's all over. <laughs> so, for the second half, I was in like the third row because everybody knew like I had to be down there, and I was calling out to Todd McShay. I was like, "Hey, Todd, like." You might as well just put me on right now. And then, like, he looked and laughed, and I was like, no, but I'm being serious. I was like, the the cameras, they were, like, very reluctant to show me. And I don't even know why. I guess because it's, like, a tattoo, which shouldn't have any negative connotations because, like, everybody, like, gets tattoos. Like, yeah. <laughs> But um, the cameras kept, like, nodding their heads no. But at the end of the game, obviously, when the players, like, jumped up, it's like that's what happened. Like, immediately after that ball was dropped, everybody from like behind me rushed down so it was like all 2,000 or whatever I think 4,000 college kids were there and then like obviously I'm two rows from the front so like of course I'm going to the front row so then like I jump up on the ledge even though you're not supposed to <laughs> and the lady did come after a while and say I need to get down and I said yes ma'am but uh <laughs> but I was standing up there and it was like so surreal because like I've wanted my whole life to be a college student and be able to like 
experience a win that like I mean, I don't know, like growing up, like Florida State had their rougher times in the early 2000s, but like for a long while, it went so well that like you would never see, oh yeah, an unranked one win Florida State team beats a top five team. Like, I mean, I think it hadn't happened since 60 something, I believe, or I think or something. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's been a long while. So it was like Boston College, 2002 or seven, 2007, whatever it was when they beat Boston College. Yes, it was Boston College because uh, what's his name? Matt Ryan was on the team, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you, you yeah. did it. Wait, people are asking where you got the tattoo. Yes, so I got it from – it's called Carbon Ink. It's going to be – I forget. It's a little bit further from the campus, mm-hmm. and it's – I believe it's off of Capitol Circle, which obviously goes around the whole town. But it's called Carbon Ink, and it's near some – it's like a roller skating rink. Okay. And you had a lot I of people – Yes. And you had and a lot of people is, funding. You had a lot of people funding you. Oh, yeah. I tell did. us who the artist is. Yeah. Tell us who the artist uh, is. The artist is Emilio Rodriguez. Okay. Emilio, okay. yes. He's a really good man. He's been a firefighter for the city, and he's been doing tattoos for 10 years. And he, he's an alum, of course. That's why he reached out. Love <laughs> it. And but, yeah, no, people- I woke up that initial after the game. I woke up with uh, uh, messages from Madison Social saying they'd offer 500 and then um, him then sending me, like, <laughs> posting about it, saying he'll do it for free. And I was like, well, like, Mom, I, I, think, I, I think I have to do it now. I can't, <laughs> I can't back out now. Yeah, what the parents I, say now? What the parents well, say? <laughs> I mean, my dad just thinks it's funny and also that I'm stupid. But <laughs> <laughs> my mom, I, don't, I still feel like my mom doesn't think it's real. <laughs> I'd actually gone home to Orlando. I'm from Winter Park, Florida. Um, to visit for uh, family and whatnot, and uh, drove back Tuesday morning that I was getting the tattoo, and I had got to, like, my apartment now, and my mom was, like, called me, and she said, so this is really happening, and I was like, honestly, mom, like, I feel like it's too late to back out, (laughs) and then I drove over to his house, got there, like, 1230, Uh, he let the, uh, what's it called? Stencil. Stencil, yes, that's the word. He let the stencil sit for like 30 minutes, and then uh, I laid down for about four, mm-hmm. to which halfway through it, he said, I'm surprised you haven't asked me to take a break yet, because usually most people have. Mm-hmm. And I said, I thought the side of the leg wouldn't be a painful spot. And he was like, that's eh, pretty painful. And I was like, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> I myself hate needles. I do not like needles. Yeah. Oh, man. So you were going through it. So you took one mm-hmm. for the team, too. I guess so. Yeah, I did not like <laughs> shots growing up as a kid. I'd rather that than a shot, to be honest. <laughs> I don't blame you. But yeah. before we let you go, real quick, I, I thought we got we got to get your score prediction for the for the Pittsburgh game on Saturday, four p.m. Obviously, pretty you yes. know you got got to get a win for Florida State on their side of things. But it what's your score prediction? I mean, I would like to say we could at least put up at least thirty-five to thirty-eight points. Ooh, you would think, I mean, uh, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> on the low, on a low ball, like twenty-four points. <clears throat> I just feel like Travis is having a night off, like a week off. I actually, sorry, before I say this, um, after the game on Pensacola Street, I was waiting for a ride home, and I look, or uh, the people I was with, the girl was like, "Hey, wait, that's the quarterback," and I was like, "I was like, yeah, okay," and I look up in Jordan Travis with his girlfriend is just walking down the street. And I was like, 
oh my gosh. I was like, hey, uh, I have to get a tattoo of your coach like really soon. <laughs> so that was like such a weird coincidence because like I just ran into Jordan Travis. And then uh, over the weekend, uh, a couple of the players had come up to me and asked for videos of my leg during Halloween, which I had to say yes. I cannot say those players though because they were not supposed to be out, but uh, <laughs> they were out. It's good. It's good. We're making yeah. sure they're all right. They have their masks on. They have their FSU masks on. So that's yes, all. That's exactly. All they did have masks on. No, but I don't know. It's really hard because, like, I had thought the Louisville game was going to go so differently. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I thought it was going to be, like, one of the fairy tale end, like, ways to go out with the season, you know, play good. But uh, hopefully they, the week off helped them. They rested more. Travis's left arm, I mean, I guess he's doing better. I mean, they said he was doing better. So I'd, I'd like to say we could put up enough points to beat Pitt, and hopefully the defense won't give up 500 yards. So I feel like they could score anywhere from, like, 17 to 24, give or take. I feel like we could still win. It's at Doak. So I'm going to go with an actual score. We'll go 34. Hopefully the field goal kicker will actually make them this time. Mm-hmm. We'll go 34-24. <laughs> With a, a fast start for us and a slow middle, like always, like it has been for the past years. I like it. I like <laughs> it. All right. First uh, one of the night takes a win. He's expecting a win. If he doesn't get a win now, what tattoo are you going to get next? <laughs> well, somebody said that if – I got a comment that said, if we beat Clemson, I'll buy you whatever tattoo you want. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah. You don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about that one. I know, especially with Trevor Lawrence coming back for that game. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, He'll be ready to play. But, um, no, yeah. Like, I've heard, like, funny things. Like, I could do, like, Mount Rushmore with uh, Bobby Bowden. Um, Bobby Bowden, probably Charlie Ward. Winky, you're done. And then Jameis Winston squinting. Oh, that'd Obviously. be perfect. <laughs> that'd be perfect. <laughs> but, um, oh, man. What year are you in right now? I am a freshman. There we go. There we go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> It all is coming together. It all comes together. <laughs> hey, man, I love the story. It's perfect, man. I was enjoying it. I was getting tagged from our Insta- Instagram yeah. account all throughout it saying, you got to get him on. You got to get him on IG Live. got to get him on. Um, and I saw on Twitter, too, Mad So was throwing you out there. I was like, we got to get him on the podcast, man. It's yeah. just legendary, man. And obviously, know, yeah. great, great game, too. And Thank you so much I'm, for having me. Yeah. Definitely I've been appreciate to almost a game at- I've been to almost a game every year of my life, and that was probably top two games because of obviously the situation, but also yeah. just because of I didn't expect it in any way. I thought we could yeah. compete, but not to the level they had played at least the first half. And they fought still in the second half. So Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. It was a beautiful night. Beautiful night, but, uh, and now it's etched into your leg, literally. It is. <laughs> day and all. Hey, man, keep full sending it. Appreciate you for coming Thank on you. with us, Jack. Thanks and- so much for having me. I'll be on the ACC Network next Tuesday, I believe, 5.30 to 7.30, like on the actual network with EJ Manuel. Oh, EJ. See, Nate, I told you I had to get him on here. Before you go, oh, Jack, just, my, my brother, Coach Pointer, <laughs> wanted to say hi. No, no, this is too much of a small world. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's insane, Coach Pointer. Guys, yep. if you can put this part, I mean, if, even if you can't, he's that's watching. So, so funny. Oh no, oh, I love Coach Pointer. I gotta go back and see Pointer soon. Hopefully, football's been going good for Lake Cow this year. I've been checking in, but 
Oh my. Been doing well. <laughs> nice to meet you then, even though it's through Zoom, but <laughs> that's so funny. That's perfect. <laughs> hey man, appreciate it. Hey, enjoy your weekend. Make sure you have that mask on wearing it this of weekend. Course. I know you're gonna I'll be I'll be wearing either uh, a spear or maybe the crown royal again. It depends on what the mood is. But definitely this shirt. This is the lucky shirt. You gotta wear you gotta keep I, that for dope. Yeah, I wore the coaching shirt to the first game. Did not work. Yeah, I switched it up. <laughs> Never wearing it again. <laughs> That's perfect. All, All right, right, man. Appreciate Thank you. you. <laughs> All right. Enjoy, enjoy ACC Network, man. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, you guys have a great night. Thanks for having me. You too, man. All right, man. Bye. Bye. Well, let's jump into the last little bit here, and then we'll get off of here. Florida State versus Pittsburgh, 4 o'clock ACC Network. Good luck finding it. I don't know. You can probably find one when you do the YouTube trial. I don't know. I hate the ACC network. So best of luck finding it at Comcast. You suck. But real quick, let's just run through these. <laughs> run through these real quick. Uh, do we see Hamza Nazaldine or Tamaron Terry this week? What do y'all think? What are the odds on that? I think um, we see Terry. Yeah. I, I'd take I Terry. I, yeah. Yeah. We see Terry. I don't, I don't think. I don't think uh, Hamsa plays at all this year. Yeah, I'm not feeling seeing Hamsa out there for the rest of the season. No reason to, in my opinion, whatsoever. Um, nope. Tamara nope. and Terry, I'm like at a, like a like at a seventy percent. I don't know. We'll see if we hear anything over before the Saturday hits. But uh, real quick, keys to beating Pittsburgh. Obviously, one of the things with them is a terrible rushing game. But if you look on the other side of the ball for Florida State's rushing defense. It is about as bad as there's on the other side. So what are your what are your thoughts on the keys to beating Pittsburgh on Saturday? Uh so for me, real quick three keys. Um four state's gotta run the ball. Uh Pitt does a tremendous job in the front seven. Um, you know, they they get after it. Uh thirty one sacks, thirty two quarterback hurries. Less than uh, 70 yards per game. Um, giving up 1.94 yards per rush. Um, Florida State's got to be able to run the ball. Um, you know, they got, they got to get Terry back and have that deep threat to, to open things up. Um, you know, Pitt offensively. Um, interested to see if Pickett plays. Um, before he went out, he was the number one passer in the country. Um, and they've been flat terrible uh, without him. Uh, their, their, their offense is... But even with Pickett, they struggle to run the ball. Um, you know, situationally, they are really horrible um, across the board when it comes to running. You know, on third and medium, they average a loss of five and a half yards to carry. Um, you know, when you look at, you know, Florida State's defense, you know, we've talked about it so far quite a few times. Um, they ain't show me nothing. And it, it, any game is a toss-up when, when your team's not putting forth the effort. So, you know, if, if Florida State can put – together some sort of a, a, of a consistent effort against his team really you know it, just that team shouldn't shouldn't beat Florida State even if you look at the, the where Florida State's at um you know they have too many question marks their best defensive back just opted out um you know so Florida State has a lot of opportunity to you know get a, get a W against a power five conference uh opponent so you know for me the biggest thing they got to run the ball and they got to get get Terry back to uh, stretch the field on, on offense. Yeah, I think in order to run the ball, we have to have 
and that's the biggest key to me on offense. We have to have either Terry back healthy enough to stretch the field or Jordan Young or Wilson or one of those other guys has to step up because if we don't stretch the field and we allow Pitt to play, you know, eight or nine in the box like Louisville was doing, you know, they had their safeties were six yards the entire game coming forward, not backpedaling, coming forward. Mm-hmm. So they essentially have nine guys in the box for the majority of the game because they're not worried about anything deep. So if and Louisville has a bad pass, a bad run defense. Pitt is an elite run defense to where they can have seven in the box and stop us running the ball. So if they can put eight or nine in the box and we don't beat them deep, it's going to be a very long day. Wouldn't surprise me if that's the case to have a, them shut us out just because that's their weakness. If we can't expose it, their strength is better than our strength on offense, mm. quite honestly. You know, our offensive line has improved, but it's not ready to be able to do well enough without a passing attack against a defense like Pitt. It just, it's just not. That's just being honest. So, so if we don't get anything deep passing, if we're not able to hit some throws deep early, it'll be a very long day on offense. And defensively, you know, Pitt's offense is dreadfully awful. You know, with Pickett, it's average. It can suffice. Uh, but with this quarterback, you know, and I was going back and looking at his stats, you know, of any quarterback we faced in the last decade that has actually started games before they faced Florida State, he is the worst. That's mm-hmm. how bad, like, production-wise, that's how bad he is. So – Against us, you'll probably have, you know, 60% completion percentage, 300 yards, three touchdowns and interception. You know, we tend to make quarterbacks that suck. <laughs> you know, we've, we've seen that. I mean, even before Norvell or Kelly and Taggart and, you know, we've seen that. You know, even in some of the dynasty years, you know, or not dynasty, the lost years, sorry, not the, before, after the dynasty, you know, in the lost decade and stuff like that. It's been a 20-year history of Florida State making average quarterbacks look amazing and mm-hmm. on a regular basis. So it's certainly within question. But if our, often, or if our defensive players just come and play aggressive and with some attitude and work hard, we'll have our best defensive game of the season. So that's the key to me is playing, playing hard on defense. And, you know, I don't want to say trying, I don't want to say they're not trying, but, you know, giving it everything, giving it their all and playing aggressive, you know, if we can do that, we'll stop them. And, you know, they have no running game. They have no passing game. They have no players like Tutu Atwell or Javian Hawkins mm-hmm. or, the North Carolina running backs or the Notre Dame running back or uh, De'Aaron King or, you know, they don't have players like that. They just don't. So, you know, there's no, there's nobody, you look at their offense, there's nobody that scares you at all. And there's not an offensive line that scares you like Notre Dame. They just don't have it. Real real, real quick before you, you chime in Logan. No, I I like to look at stats. I think stats tell the story um, overall, but you look at the passing offense. you know, they, they throw on 21% of the time on first down. On first down and second down, Florida State is giving up 957 yards, 66.2% completion percentage. Um, 
So, you know, that's interesting to see that there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Pitt is efficient on second down, but w- when they get to third, it is, it, it is laughable. Um, they do not run the ball at all against Notre Dame. Um, so back to the passing real quick. Um, they were 12 for 33. Miami, 23 to 47. Louisville, 23 to 38. And that was with Pickett. You know, uh, minus the Louisville game, Florida State, arguably had a better game. Um, and, you know, that offense gets worse as the game goes. So you look at their – they rush for 3.49 yards per rush on first down. On third down, they average 0.87 yards per rush. On their, their leading rusher, 2.89 yards per rush. Um, against Notre Dame, they averaged 2.2. Florida State had 3.83. Against Miami, they had 0.85. Florida State had 4.19. Against uh, Louisville, while Florida State was – but dreadful, you know, they still had 6.63 yards per rush while Louisville had, against Louisville, Pitt had 3.9. You know, the strength of this team is their defense. They can't stop the Paso. They've given up uh, 1,235 yards, 14 touchdowns in the last four games. So this is an interesting game. The stats tell uh, this team is following in the wrong direction very quickly. I think – Going back to what Steve was talking about, too, um, you know, Pittsburgh's offense is not great whatsoever, really. Not all no. plug time playmakers, but it's going to be ugly versus ugly. Two ugly chicks going at it with Florida State's defense and Pittsburgh's offense, which is going to be the highlight. It's going to be like a rough and rowdy match. It's some disgust. It's going to be like wrestling in the mud at some redneck party. Like it's going to be terrible to watch. Um, that's what I'm expecting, but it's going to be the storyline. Can we get rain that can we get rain on Saturday too? Yeah, just make it even more and... fun. I want it to look just yeah. awfully disgusting. <laughs> I want it to look terrible, but I think although I, offensively for Florida State, I think you're going to have to find a way for Jordan Travis to get out of that pocket and get out of the pocket mm-hmm. quick. We've seen progression of this offensive line. Yes, Coach Atkins is mm-hmm. doing a great job, but it's not going to be able to withstand this hurricane front that's going to be coming Cat 5 on Saturday at 4 p.m. It's just not going to be the case. It's just not fully ready for that. Um, I, I hope that there's at least some, some play being made up there, but it's just not going to be fair, and you're going to have to find packages – for Jordan Travis to roll out. And that's something that we've seen him kind of be limited in in the last game and the last half mm-hmm. of the North Carolina game. Like um, you'll see spurts of it here and there, but man, we don't see it where, you know, hopefully the, the healing process has happened and he's able to send it, but you're going to, you're going to have to have your third running back with Jordan Travis making plays on Saturday, or you're just not going to have anything mm-hmm. because like, Nate has mentioned the passing game is not there right now. And if you don't have the passing game and you're going to be facing a defensive line and the front seven like this, um, it's going to be a very, very long game offensively. And, you know, there could be a possible shutout. You got to find ways to get Jordan Travis out of there. And if not, if you got, if you got to find a way to throw the ball somehow, maybe you have to have uh, you throw in a true freshman with having Chubba Purdy in there and a few, uh, design packages mm-hmm. just for making throws or maybe you got to get a third down or got to get a first down and third down something like that you just got to be really creative Norvell is really creative with that so we'll, we'll see what happens I want to see more of nine and eight moving forward nine and eight nine and I, eight, nine I and have eight. to see it have to see it this week uh, that should be uh, all it know, really is right there you know, you know, Travis coming off of the injury um, you know I, I, I'm a disagree with Steve a little bit I, I think that you know Forest State has enough uh, wide receiver, you know, if Terry comes back, that just is a lift. 
you know, I, I, I think if, you know, Travis, you know, leading up to, you know, getting banged up and hurting that shoulder, he's hasn't been overly efficient, but he's been able to hit those chunk plays um, on, on a better than, better than average basis. And Forks, he hasn't hit those this week. And, you know, it, uh, you know I think the week off is going to help him there. But you have to feed both Philly, Webb, Corbin in this game because, you know, this is a really physical front seven. 31 sacks on the season. They get after the quarterback. Well, I said we'd jump into him right now, gentlemen, to end off the podcast. Let's give our score predictions for Saturday, Florida State versus Pittsburgh on the ACC network. Who wants to go first? You go first, Steve. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, going off of, you know, my keys, you know, I think our defense, um, I think you're going to see some, you know, the personnel shifts that have been mentioned on Twitter um, and, you know, among other sites. I think you're going to see some of those on defense this week. Mm-hmm. And so I think that effort level and that kind of stuff is going to be uh, much improved in this game. Uh, you're going to see mistakes, um, especially as younger and younger guys play. Yeah, you're going to see those those mistakes. It's natural. It happens. But Pittsburgh doesn't have the speed of Atwell and Hawkins and those guys to be able to uh, take advantage of those mistakes, you know, on a big scale, you know. And so instead of a 60-yard pass, it's going to be a 20-yard pass, you know. And then Florida State may be able to stop them after that. Um you know, I don't think we're going to get much going on offense, but I think we'll stop them enough on defense to where, you know, we win 20 to 17. 2017. Okay. A three point win. Wait, uh, is, okay. I'm trying to think. Does, uh, is Fitzgerald hit a rebound here and he gets it mm-hmm. together? <laughs> you better. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, he, no, he goes one of five. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, Lord. That, that had a whole 180 there. Uh, 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 two, uh, of five, uh, two of five. Sorry, two of five. Two of five. Yeah, got to hit that, too. But um, so uh, I, I look at it as, um, you know, this is strength for strength. Florida State is 30th in the country running the ball right now. Um, you know, and, and we've – just got done talking about how great Pitt is stopping the run. Um, you know, Florida State has to be able to keep that defense honest because, you know, I, I think it's a huge loss in their safety. Um, I think that, you know, we haven't talked enough about that yet. Um, he's far and away the best player in the secondary. Um, so, you know, I, I think that opens up some things for Florida State in the passing game. You know, you know they're trending the last four weeks um, really struggling to stop the pass, and now you lose your, your best defensive back. You you lose your captain on the back end. Um, I, I think that you know that plays in the Florida State's favor. I think that the game is ugly throughout. I think that uh, Florida State will be able to uh, force some short field situations, whether it's a turnover or a block kick. I think they're going to get some short field and able to punch in. Um, some some scores. Uh, I, I got twenty six twenty one, and and a really ugly, um, ugly effort, uh, ugly ugly game. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it is going to be. I need to check the weather for Saturday because it's just all adding up to be just some disgusting game. And I'm sure, oh, uh, Saturday, cloudy. Uh, come on, someone give me a thunderstorm or something. Uh, <laughs> Two-hour delay. Yeah, give me one of those. That's just how this game feels like it's going to be. Um, yeah. But I, I, I really – don't know where this game is going to go. I'll be honest. I know Pittsburgh's mm-hmm. offense is pitiful. I also know Florida State's defense is pitiful. Um, if Pickett comes back, yeah, he's not a f- phenomenal quarterback. I know a lot of people are like, Pickett, oh, if he comes back, he's going to route Florida State, blah, blah. I don't think that's the case. Uh, but when, whenever you're looking at Florida State's offense having to face this defense, it really worries me. It really does. I understand offensive line is – improving but it's just not there yet in my opinion it's just not going to be the case I don't I'm worried if this is Jordan Travis's true last game of being really your true starting quarterback moving forward or if it begins the um, move towards going Chubba Purdy for the rest of the season mm-hmm. I think this is where a game you might find this out because I just don't know if you're really going to be limited with the passing game I don't, even if Tamara and Terry comes back I really don't know the defensive line for Pittsburgh is really going to get after him i'm gonna go florida state uh 21 pittsburgh 24 i'm going the opposite of you guys which i don't usually ever do but um i just don't feel i just don't feel so good about it i felt really good going into the north carolina game i felt also of course really good going into the louisville game mm-hmm. uh both of them i was incorrect on so i've got to i gotta get correct here soon i gotta get something changed switched up here so i'm going with actually my gut feeling and uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, I think that's pretty much going to do it unless you'll have anything else to say. Appreciate nope. you, Steve. Appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. We, thank got, you. Some, we got some slackers on our podcast. So, um, <laughs> they just, you know, they're not like me and Nate built for, you know, adult podcasting and adult hard work in this life. So. <laughs> but hopefully we'll have them on for our instant reaction. We're going to have an instant reaction on Saturday later in the evening. So you guys can come hang out for that. Definitely appreciate Steve coming on here. You can check him out at unconquered talk. Also, Nate is over there too with their podcast. Definitely go check them out. We, we had Steve on for our renegade roundup before the season two, when we previewed this whole thing. So definitely appreciate Steve coming on here. We do have a pretty crazy, uh, cool announcement. We are growing in the podcast platform area i don't know i guess we're growing as a network we're announcing a new podcast tomorrow so definitely excited about that one really interested to get to see the feedback from people on it so that will be tomorrow on our twitter at the Knoll game day you can follow this podcast twitter at hear the spear you can listen on itunes google play spotify if you want to, feel free to write five stars and leave a review. It definitely helps a lot. We're listening always to your guys' review. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Florida State versus Pittsburgh on Saturday at 4. Thanks, guys, for listening.